Message from Starfleet Command, top priority. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 174, featuring the top five ensemble episodes. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse, and I'm the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast. And tonight, I can guarantee you, everyone on the show this evening is going to play a big part in this episode, because this week we're highlighting the top five ensemble episodes in the history of Star Trek. And we will get into how we're going to define an ensemble episode in a minute in our Prime Directives. But I will just start by saying that an ensemble is a group of artists or actors that perform together and also is defined as a group of items viewed as a whole rather than individually. So some interesting options in play for how our guests might look at this. And for a topic like this, we have compiled our own ensemble of great guests for this show, beginning with, oh yeah, we have first uh, two first-timers coming on the show tonight. So first up, uh, they both filled out our Trek Rank survey probe that we put out a few months ago. First up, she's hailing us from the Connecticut cluster. Please welcome... Annika Dane. Annika, welcome. I am so excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) I am so excited to have you on. I know we've connected on Twitter a few times over the years, so I'm fired up to have you on. And second, also making his debut on Trek Ranks, coming from the UK sector, we've we've heard from him quite a bit over the years with some various lists. It's Simon Foster. Welcome, Simon. Oh, great to be uh, great to be here! Really excited to talk some uh, Trek with you tonight. As uh, I, I also might call you Funky Sai. I know you're gonna uh, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna reveal that in your Twitter handle later, but uh, I might just have to call you Funky Sai because I love that. that okay, that's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Annika and Simon, uh, first time guests. We got to get our Trek origin story. So, Annika, I'm going to start with you. What's your Trek backstory and? How'd you get into it? When'd you get into it? Are you a completist? Uh, What's your favorites? Let's hear it all. (laughs) Okay. So uh, my father was a theater professor at university and uh, he had an honors student who put on a stage production of Battle of Terror as his thesis. Wow. So uh, my introduction to Star Trek was actually on stage. Wait, so he did it. They did like a. I, it was a one-person show, or was it an actual theater production of Bounce? Oh no, no. It, they, he cast. He cast the whole thing and and directed. It even wow. had commercial breaks. Oh my god, that is so cool. Okay. <laughs> it was. It was amazing. You know, they had like a scrim so that it was on screen, and they they built up their own version of the Enterprise set. And and so that I was, you know, eight or nine. My little brother was five and uh, we were just blown away (laughs) by Star Trek. This sounds like an episode of Star Trek Prodigy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, and then I found out it was a TV show. Uh, TNG was on at the time and we started watching it and I became a fan for life. Um, my brother and I still, he now lives in California, all the way on the other side of the country. Um, but we still like text each other when new Star Trek is on so that we can watch it together. (laughs) Um, I would say that my favorites are Voyager and Picard because I like mess. 
<laughs> and they're like very that. messy. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> they're not the best, but they're my favorites. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. There's something there's I mean, when it comes to Voyager, man, this is so eminently rewatchable. Absolutely. In all its forms. Um so that might be the most unique track words and story I've ever heard. I love that. So it was a a play that one of your father's students did as a thesis statement about the terror that's in growth. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, have you, how much have you seen? Have you seen it all? Um, I have seen at least most. I yeah, would okay. say, I think there are episodes of Enterprise that I haven't seen. Yeah. I think there may be some episodes of Deep Space Nine. I was like in college during those and I just awesome. didn't watch as much. Awesome. That's <laughs> fantastic. This means there's more Trek to watch. So That's right. <laughs> Okay, Simon, let's uh, hear your backstory. Um, yeah, I've been a Trekkie for longer than I can remember. Um, TNG, I watched that religiously in the 90s, and it was on BBC Two at 6 o'clock on Wednesdays, um, except when they cancelled it for various sporting events. Sorry, still bitter all these years later. <laughs> yeah, that's a USA story too, for sure. So, and then, yeah, uh, onto DS9 and Voyager when, that, when those came out. Um, I'd probably say... TNG, DS9, probably my favourites. Um, favourite character, Spock, Data kind of characters. I've always kind of draw, been drawn to the kind of the alien, often feeling a bit like an alien, yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. in, the, in my teenage years. Uh, so I really connected with those kind of characters. Um, and also the science in, in Trek. Right. Uh, it, I, I always loved hearing that the the science of the techno babble i remember one uh one day i uh, learned about the hysteresis curve at school and then uh, watching ds9 kieran miles are using the hysteresis curve to save some techno babble issue it's, it's it's amazing what other show does that uh, yeah. with science that's beautiful i love it okay and so i have to tell everybody what the conversation we just had before we started recording which Monica got to hear i just asked simon hey did you ever go to like a one of the destination Star Trek conventions in Birmingham, like ten years ago, it was like twenty fourteen or fifteen. And did you were you in a trivia contest? And did you win that? And he said answered yes to all those. And I went, oh, that's awesome. I was in second place in that trivia contest because I remember <laughs> it distinctly, thinking, I think that's funky side. And then I never saw you again. So that's incredible. I love that uh, I finally got that answer after ten years. <laughs> Okay, let's get into our Trek Ranks recalibration and get into this topic. What are you recalibrating? Everything. Um, it's it's a sweeping, uh, a recalibration of all systems. Okay, the Trek Ranks Charter has two clauses. One, we rank Trek so we can have a fun conversation about Star Trek. And two, the ranks don't matter. We just use them as the framework to have a deep dive conversation about all the things we love about Star Trek. But what is that Vulcan motto? Um, infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. Hmm. <laughs> and what is diversity? A celebration of differences. Because, as the ensemble of T'Pol and Dr. Flox just said right there, Trek ranks the celebration of differences. No wrong answers here. This show's about sharing all the things we love about Trek, and we love it all from TOS to TNG, straight to Enterprise, and the Kelvin timeline now Discovery, Picard, Strange New World, Short Treks, Lower Decks, and Prodigy as well. It's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. Black alert. Black alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Ranks is current through the fourth season of Star Trek Lower Decks and 903 overall episodes of Star Trek across the past 57 years. 
And one final note that we use episodes as a shorthand term, but the 13 films are always in play as well. Hailing frequencies open. Thank you, Mr. War. If you can hail me directly on Twitter at TrekRanks or at Enterprise N Extra and on Blue Sky at TrekRanks. And you can see our extensive rankings of all the treks at TrekRanks.com. And don't forget, you can call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. Okay, Annika and Simon, let everyone know how they can get a hold of you on subspace. Annika. I am Pixie Dane at most places. Uh, Manic Pixie Dane on Twitter um, by Pixie Dane on Blue Sky. And if you go to like Instagram or uh, really any of those and find Pixie Dane, then there's, you know, a link in bio TM that links to all of my other places. AKA all the socials. I love it. Uh, Simon, tell us about Funky Sci. Um, yeah, I'm at FunkySci1701 on most of the socials. I also have a website, FunkySci1701.com. Not a lot of Trek on there, uh, but there are links to contact me if you want to. Fantastic. I'm gonna, I love that handle so much for you guys. Okay, <laughs> we are going to skip our diagnostic cycle and get straight into how everyone define their picks with their prime directives. Do they know about prime directive? They know everything I know, sir. And you are about to know everything we know about our prime directive. So, Annika, let's start with you. How did you define your prime directive and uh, finalize your picks? So I decided that I would look for episodes that showcase a group of characters and or highlights all of the individuals working together to a common cause. Oh, my God. I love that. So they were actually so not just featured, but working together. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. That is, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, Simon, how about you? Um, so first time Trek ranks. So I kind of try to spread the love around the, all the, some of the different shows and basically a gut feeling of, of a show that makes good use of the entire cast. Um, I kind of yeah. ruled out enterprise because I don't think they made a lot of good use of Travis Mayweather and a lot of the, TOS episodes because by its very nature it concentrated on uh, yeah. uh, Kirk Spock Bones, but that's kind of kind of where I went with it. Okay, man, we are almost on the same page. I have those exact notes plus one in in my notes. So what I really focused on ensemble. So every single person in the regular cast had to feature prominently. So I had a bunch of ones that I've really thought about for a while. I was like, nope. So Jake Sisko is not in that one or something along those lines. So I, I had to rule those out. So yeah, it was tough narrowing it down, but I did try to spread it around to five different series. And, and then I said, just like with you, uh, I actually made a note that TOS enterprise, and I'm going to say discovery were really not designed to have ensemble shows. So those were kind of off my list from the, from the get-go, because even Discovery, you mentioned TOS Enterprise, Simon, but Discovery is, you know, it's really Burnham and Saru. Yeah. And then a little bit of Stamets and uh, (laughs) Tilly, but from there it was, uh, anyway, that, that's kind of where my focus went was away from those, those three series because it was not designed that way. Okay. Let's do it. Third Ramadacon introduce us to the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. Thank you, Third Ramadacon. As always, we're going to start with our five-word summary and hashtag to tease our picks, and then we'll each reveal our ensemble episode choice and the reasons we're highlighting that episode. And after getting through 
five rounds of picks. We'll get a few secondary system selections from everyone for some of the picks that just missed our list. And if we have any duplicate picks, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. Okay, Annika, I love your simple prime directive. <laughs> I, that's, it sounds so simple, but I bet it was hard. So what's your number five pick for ensemble episodes? All right, my five words are round up the usual suspects, hashtag fighting dragons with you. And my episode is Voyager season four, two-parter, The Killing Game. Ooh, oh my God, that's so good. That is so good. Okay. So uh, if you don't recall this episode, <laughs> there are the Herogen have taken over Voyager and they've made it basically a giant holodeck. Um, the entire ship is a holodeck except for like uh, the bridge and sick bay and they are running lots of different games and uh, have made it so that all of the Voyager people think that they are the characters in the games. And what I think makes this a really good ensemble piece is everybody in the cast gets to play more than one character. They get to play their actual character yeah. and then they get to play a version of their character in like fake Nazi occupied France. Um, and also in like a Klingon setting and they get to, you know, really show off uh, Seven Sings and uh, Tuvok and Janeway are running Katrine's, which is a very Casablanca Sandrine's-esque yep. <laughs> bar. And they are all like running messages to get the Nazis out of France. And at the same time, the Doctor and Harry, who are outside of the game, are trying to get them messages and uh, return them to their own selves so that they can get the Herogen off of Voyager. So it is both, um, it's like layers of ensembles and they're all working together to uh, first get out of Herogen control, but then they find out that the Herogen captain like wants to use holodeck technology to save his own species from endless war. <laughs> so it becomes like this whole thing where they're also saving the Herogen and they work together with their enemy. Um, and it's like play saving lives. I love it. It's a on it's like layers of ensemble. You just said that. It's perfect. That is so this is such an awesome pick. <laughs> I, I have a pick that kind of mirrors this that I'm fascinated by some of the points you were making. I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly why I made my pick. Simon, what is your take on the killing game? What an awesome choice. Yeah, that's a really great uh ensemble episode. And and yeah, the the way the, the different characters are a bit out, out of character, seven singing, that just uh, it's, yeah, really good one. Mid-20th century American slang. You got a problem with that, sister? You're enjoying this simulation. I find that peculiar, given the circumstances. Loosen up, baby doll. The war's almost over. Leave the war outside. Uh, here, it's so good because they all play some level of a different character than themselves. So good. Okay, except maybe Harry, but... He was a hero, so maybe that's a different character. It's so. different for him. <laughs> he got to save the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Simon, what's your number five pick? Uh, furry alien steals the show. Hashtag first comedy episode. I'm going with the trouble of trouble with tribbles. Tos. Oh, you are. That's fantastic. Oh, so that is a great fit for Tos making. I did think about this one for sure. Everybody's got something to do. 
I love it. Brilliant. Yeah, TOS doesn't really do ensemble episodes uh, like the way the other shows do because it concentrates on Kirk, Spock, McCoy. Yeah. Um, but this this show uh, has lots of different moments for different members of the of the crew. We've got her uh, with her love for the Tribbles, Scotty's love for technical manuals and starting the fight over the Enterprise. Lucy yeah. gets involved in the closing joke at the end. Yeah. And if I think that Kirk is a Denebian slime devil. Well, that's my opinion, too. Don't do it, mister, and that's an order. But you heard what he called the captain. Forget it. It's not worth fighting for. We're big enough to take a few insults. Now drink your drink. Of course, I'd say that Captain Kirk deserves his ship. We like the Enterprise. We, we really do. <laughs> that sagging old rust buckets is designed like a garbage scow. Half the quadrant knows it. That's why they're learning to speak Klingonese. <laughs> Mr. Scott. Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? You're right. I should. I didn't mean to say that the Enterprise should be hauling garbage. I meant to say that it should be hauled away as garbage. Chekhov <laughs> uh, makes a joke with Spock about odors <laughs> traveling through the vacuum of space. There's very little. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's got a lot of the crew in. So that, that was going to be my first choice. Uh, for a TOS one. That's so good. That is, I just rewatched this like maybe three days ago. I'm like, I'm on a slow TOS rewatch. Absolutely. Everyone, I mean, Uhura is amazing in this episode. She's got so much to do. Every Everybody, this is brilliant, brilliant choice. Uh, Annika, what's your take? I love it. I mean, it's a classic episode, delightful every time you watch it. And w- I thought of the bar scene immediately that ends in a brawl <laughs> because, yeah, right. you know, everybody is there and they all have to like, they play off of each other and, and try to keep each other from not getting into a big fight, but they get into a big fight anyway. And then poor Kirk has to clean it all up. And, and he's just so delightfully annoyed the entire episode yeah, so <laughs> um, <laughs> because everyone it, he's just mad at everybody he's mad at the people yeah. on the station and he's mad at his crew and he's just done so it's a great like uh how can everybody on the ship annoy captain kirk as much as possible episode i mean this is an all-time <laughs> great performance from shatner <laughs> storage compartments storage compartments <laughs> oh god it's so good uh not, I don't want to spoil anybody else's future pick, but I didn't think of this one. But Trials and Tribulations would be like a quadruple, a double ensemble with uh, D Space Nine, too. It's crazy. So, okay, but who knows? Maybe that's a nice pick. All right, let's go to my round five pick. This is one of my all time favorite episodes, and it's crazy. I picked this in the in the our very first episode, episode one of Trek Ranks, as my number one choice for top five comfort food episodes, and I've never chosen it again. This is only the second time. So five words and a hashtag, the shortest route to victory hashtag, Riker versus Picard versus Kolrami, and it is TNG season two, episode 21, peak performance. In the present context, what did she mean by 
bust him up. In her own way, Dr. Pulaski was instructing me to take the shortest route to victory. As opposed to what? And I love this because everybody's got something to do. Everyone is taking a big role in the uh, war game simulation that is taking place on the ship. You've got uh, Picard teamed up with uh, Data and uh, Troy. And, of course, the Doctor is still on their ship. And then Frakes has... Uh, uh, Frakes. Riker has uh, LaForge and Worf and Will Wheaton and uh, Wesley Crusher, who's got a big role to play in, uh, in sneaking back to the to the Enterprise and getting his science experiment so they can go to warp. I love this episode. I love uh, Roy Brocksmith as Serena Karami, one of my all-time favorites, and I just feel like this is Really cool to see both crews totally in action on their own ships, split evenly right down the middle, 4v4. Uh, peak performance, TNG. Annika, what's your take? Um, I love that. It's a great episode. I agree that everybody gets to do something and we get to see them play off of each other, which we don't get to see very often. Right. Because they're usually all working together. Uh, and this is, you know, it's a sort of a low stakes version of Best of Both Worlds. Very much low we, stakes version. Yeah, we can, you know, yeah. we can root for both sides. Right, it's a, right. it's fine. Whoever wins, we win. So it's it's yeah. all it's all good. It's just all in fun, and you know, Data gets to to learn a lesson, which is yeah. Yeah, and so. we even and we even get uh, Armin Shimmerman showing up there. Wait, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Simon, what's your take on peak performance? Yeah, another great ensemble show. Uh, not too familiar with this one because season two i've not watched in a while uh but yeah um yeah 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 good, well, good choice you've got some homework then there we go <laughs> i do i do an all-time classic okay let's go to round four annika what do you got by the way, I haven't said this yet, but how cool is it that we have an Annika on our show right now? This is like, I, every time I say it, I'm like, Annika, okay. <laughs> you can call me seven. <laughs> so, okay, there we go. Even better. Uh, all right, what's your number four pick? Time is a social construct. Hashtag flash forward and we're taking on the world together. I picked Prodigy, season one, episode eight, Time Amok. Oh, so good. Definitely on my secondary systems. I love this episode. I, I love Prodigy as a whole. I just think it is such a gift to, yeah, to Star Trek. And uh, this episode, they are all, they're, they're trying to work together as a crew, as an ensemble, and they fail and they accidentally get like split off into completely separate time zones. So they're in little, like their own little space time pocket where time goes differently and they have to figure out how to work together and communicate with each other, even though they are all split up and completely separate and they succeed and they succeed by working on each part of the riddle themselves so that they can then get out and be reunited as the ensemble that they actually are. So even though they're separated, they're still working together as an ensemble. Yeah, I like the way that fits your prime directive so so perfectly. It's such a smart episode, so well done. When they kind of break everybody into their own yeah, and section. amazing character building while they're oh. all split up and 
coming back together. It's just wonderful for the characters and for the relationships. I mean, it's insanely good character building with uh, with Rock Talk. Uh, Simon, what's your take on Time Amok from Prodigy? Are you caught up on Prodigy? I don't think that came up. Yeah, um, I've been watching a lot of Prodigy over the last few oh, days yeah. because it just hit Netflix. <laughs> Me too. Um, and so I actually saw this one earlier today. Um, oh, man. My, my kids have uh, started putting it on, um, and I'm very impressed that uh, they're, they're slowly getting into their trek. Um, so, And this episode in particular, yeah, I love the growth of Rock Talk in this episode. Yeah, yeah, really good pick. How, how long do you guys think Rock Talk was alone? It's it's painful to think about. I don't I don't want to know. I know because it's so sad. I mean, it was definitely like more than a few years. It's <laughs> crazy. Oh my god, such a great episode. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's top two or three on my track race prodigy count. Okay, Simon, what's your number four episode? Uh, quantum filament causes crew problems. Hashtag yes. Officer in charge of radishes. Uh, I have picked <laughs> disaster from TNG. Perfect. That is also on my short list. So good. Yeah, it's a great ensemble. Uh, the disaster is used to great effect, splitting the crew into unusual groups. Uh, Troy in command, Worf on medical duty, uh, Crusher and Joyady holding their breath, Riker carrying Data's head around. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to go straight there. Yeah, yeah I, I did. And so, yeah, the scenes with Troy in command are really good. Uh, that's some uh, really good stuff there. Uh, yeah, great, great episode. And you also get the bonus of uh, Keiko and Roe and O'Brien in this yeah. episode. So it is not only an ensemble for the regular cats but you get the the bonus of the three main uh, guest characters incredible Annika what's your take oh I love disaster it's uh such it's absolutely one of the top ensemble episodes it's everybody gets to shine and I just I mean I love I love this I love everything it has heart it has humor it's just a perfect episode you can you can watch that one without anything else to like cheer you up i just think that yeah and, you know, and also on a rainy like, day it's a, it's a perfect rainy day star trek yeah and also has real agency with the stuff with michelle for with the uh, ensign row and yeah. troy kind of squaring off and the potential of everybody dying down there if troy doesn't make that choice you know it's just uh, sacrificing them so it's so good so well done you said there was no way to stabilize the containment field from the bridge could it be done from engineering Yes, but my readings indicate there's no power down there. They don't even have monitors to tell them there's a problem. Could we divert energy from the bridge to those monitors? Yes, sir. I will say it again. There is no reason to believe that anyone is still alive in engineering. We're wasting time even talking about this. We have to separate the ship now. I believe there are still people alive down there. And I'm going to give them every chance. Assuming they're alive, they'll be hoping there's someone up here who can help them. So we'll help them. Chief, divert the necessary power to engineering. Aye, sir. I remind you, Counselor, that power coupling could overheat at any moment. By not separating the ship now, you could be responsible for all our deaths. 
Thank you, Ensign. Proceed. Okay, let's close out round four. This episode has only been chosen once previously on 174 episodes of Trek Ranks, which is crazy to me. It's the first time I'm choosing it. And this is the episode that is kind of a mirror to your choice, uh, your first choice, Annika, the killing game. Five words and a hashtag. Crew fights mundane existence together, hashtag. I also have humorous anecdotes to share, and it is Voyager Season 7 Workforce, and I love I love this episode. This can be a little bit of a polarizing one, so people don't <laughs> like this episode. I love it. I just find it so comfortable seeing the Voyager crew working these mundane jobs and just kind of enjoying their lives. I love Janeway in this episode across the board. Kate Mulgrew is just fantastic as her, she's just a, she, her, she, her job is to monitor the reactor coils and she could not be happier doing it and uh, hooking up with Jaffin. And I mean, they have a real good chemistry, those two. And then you've got Annika Hansen. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. the efficiency monitor <laughs> monitoring everything. It's just so well done. Tuvok is hilarious in this one and kind of figuring out what's going on. And then, like you said, uh, Annika, the everyone's playing a little bit of a different role in this one, right? So most of them are playing different characters because they don't really know who they are. And Balana's pregnant again in this episode, <laughs> just like in just like in the Killing Game, where it plays a big part in the story. And I just love it. And little side note trivia: I always this always blows me away that the owner of the bar, Umali, is played by Iona Morris, who was one of the little kids in the TOS Miri episode and is the brother of the great Phil Morris who played John Kelly and of course, third Romoticon. So I just, I always love that. And she's really actually very good in this episode as the owner of the bar. Anyway, awesome episode. The doctor's feuding with Kim and Chakotay's going undercover. It's got everything. Annika, what's your take? Um, I, so I have not seen season seven of Voyager in a long time, but I do, like you said, uh, Annika Hansen is the efficiency officer. I was like, oh, I, I remembered that immediately. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's kind of my job. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's great. I am, in fact, the efficiency officer. So um, <laughs> good. And what I remember is that Janeway, yeah, that she's so happy yeah. that she sort of gets to relax in a way that we never see her. <laughs> <laughs> that right. she she's never allowed to just sort of let her hair down and just be herself and not and not worry about you know not be thinking three-dimensionally about the whole rest of the crew yeah. and that she has to take up that burden and I remember it being like like, like the, a tiny little crisis for her that's like I have to be who I am but it was really nice to not be me for a little while yeah that moment's really powerful it's when uh Chakotay is kind of starting to get through with her when he's when they're together and then he's talking to the ship and he entered and that's when he reveals that she's the captain of the ship and she's just like no I want nothing to do with this and the storm's out because it's too much uh Simon what's your take on workforce uh this one was on my secondary systems it's yep. what I thought about because yeah all, all the crew have like these uh, different jobs uh, and you kind of see them in different lights and yeah Torres is pregnant uh, and yeah yeah really good one yeah it's a it's it's a fun one I, I I love it okay let's go to the soup brown oh Vulcan Plumique soup and I'll bet you made it too Monica what's your number three pick okay 
The Cerritos is my collective. Hashtag play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> it's Lower Decks of Season 2, I excrete us, which oh, is legitimately I... <laughs> one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek ever. I had no idea where you're going with that five years, <laughs> five words and hashtag. I was trying to think, which Lower Decks is this? Because... <laughs> For reasons, yeah. but that's uh, okay. I excrete this. I love this so good with the uh, all the the holodeck simulation. Yeah, it's another one where they Training. have to play war games. <laughs> and, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, and, go, and and go into the holodeck and uh, do their own different things, um, but then come together at the end. And what this what really elevated this for me. Um, so the lower decks and the bridge crew are both set up to play simulations and get points and. And they are mostly bad at it, but Boimler, this episode made me love Boimler more than anything in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Me Um, too. (laughs) He is like determined to win and he's determined to win by saving as many people as possible. Yeah. uh, Which is just so Star Trek and so heartwarming. And I just like, he wanted to save all the Borg and I think, and, and I also always want to save all the Borg. So he really got my heart but then uh, he gives up his own individual victory in order to help everybody else save the, the ship entire. And I think that that is like peak ensemble-ness yes. is, is saying, you know, I am the team yeah. is more yeah. important than me by myself. Yeah. And, and he sacrifices that. And it's just like, it, you know, the, I love Lower Decks. This episode just it, I I talk about it all the time. It's so good, and I just love Weimler, and I love that he put the team ahead of everybody. I'm I'm sitting here giggling because I'm thinking about okay, the ensemble, all the different role, every all the different parts that all the other regular <laughs> cast, and all I can think of is Shaq saying, "It's naked time." Oh, fail me, fail me. It's naked time. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, so good. So good. So, uh, Simon, I excrete us the season two episode of Lower Decks. What oh, does it take? Oh, I love Lower Decks. This is <laughs> so good. This is the one with Boimler and all the Borg babies. Uh, yeah, this is, this is, yeah, a really good one. I like this one. Yeah. The, the pacing and the, just the whole, uh, feeling of, all those scenes with Boimler redoing the program and saving the pork babies and just having a layer on layer is is so good. I will say though, I always I always have to point this out. I hate Sherry Yin Yem so much that this this episode is lower on my rank just because she <laughs> drives me crazy. She gets she, her comeuppance. She does exactly what she's supposed to do. Oh yeah, she does get her comeuppance, which is great. So very uh, very satisfying. Okay, an all-time classic. I love this pick. Uh, Simon, what is your number three Super Round pick? Uh, you better get those torpedoes ready. All right! Holodeck expands with Nazi aliens. Hashtag seven sings. I went, we <laughs> I went with the killing game as well because I thought it was a great ensemble. All the crew getting, yeah. some, getting something to do with many people being out of character, seven singing. And uh, I remember Neelix being especially good as a Klingon. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And, and especially good on a bike too. Uh, 
uh, oh, navigating yes. navigating down that street. I always see Ethan Phillips so good. If you, people don't know that, remember go yeah. check that out. He's mm-hmm. he's so talented. Uh, I did not think of this episode, so I am super fired up that it's a duplicate. Uh, Annika, any final thoughts on the Killing Game? I when he I you know so I want to say that also the people behind the scenes worked really well yes. with the with the with you know the the costuming in particular. Yeah. Uh, the costuming and the set production are so good, and and they help sell the story. And it's a really big, like it was they have to redo the whole ship and create nazi france <laughs> it's incredible on one side and you know the the rocks the rock caves <laughs> with the klingons on the other <laughs> the, the star trek rocks and uh, so i i think that you know that is also a, a like a, another layer of ensembleness is that the production people are also working hard yeah i'm so glad you said that because i'll highlight something we didn't talk about one of the all-time greatest cliffhangers i'm pretty sure i picked this in either my cliffhangers or maybe wtf moments but that final shot of the inside of the holodeck with the three decks blown out and you can see into the ship on like three floors Mm -hmm. with the cgi that was mind-blowingly good in 1996 or whenever this aired and it's still awesome today it looks incredible it is such a good job on the production of this episode just fantastic. Okay. Let's close out round three with my pick. What do I got here? Okay. Five words and a hashtag. Ensemble frames, iconic Brooks performance, hashtag. Wishing never changed a damn thing. And it's Deep Space Nine, season six, episode 13, Far Beyond the Stars, an all-time classic episode of Trek. Man, we're doing it again. This is the third time where the character's play other characters this is <laughs> this is nuts uh so this episode everyone knows this is perfection it's uh avery brooks directed it he he stars obviously in a, in a real powerful level in this uh tome on racism in the 50s and the things that uh people of color had to struggle with just in terms of just working and, and earning a living and this I love this episode. It's a, obviously it's renowned for all the different reasons, but you've got Benny Russell, you've got the whole cast in the writer's room of this sci-fi magazine. You, Renee Auberjonois is the, is the, the boss who's obviously problematic. You've got uh, Terry Farrell as the secretary, Cole Meany, Armin Shimmerman, not a, not a visitor, Alexander Shadig, they're all there playing different roles. And, of course, Kira plays Casey Hunter, the ambiguously named writer. Just absolutely brilliant. And then, like I said, with with Disaster, everybody else is a part of this, too. I mean, I didn't mention Worf, too, as the as a baseball player and uh, Sir Rock Lofton is, as Jimmy. But the, you've also got Brock Peters as Joseph Sisko as the preacher, uh, Jeffrey Combs and Mark Alamo are Wayun and Ducat as uh, the two bad detectives. J.G. Hertzler is the in-house artist. Aaron Reisenberg is the news vendor. And Penny Johnson, of course, is Cassie, who runs the, the local diner. It's incredible! I mean, that's like 15, that's <laughs> more than 15 people who all play significant roles in this incredible ensemble. I love it. It's a masterpiece. Uh, Annika, what's your take? 
I think this is my favorite episode of all of Star Trek. It is just a stunning, beautiful, the story is amazing. And they, every single person is fully invested in creating it, including again, the people who made the costumes and the set design and the production and the writer, like everything. And then what I, what I, the reason that this I always comes up at the top of my favorite Star Trek lists is because it also includes the fans. At the very end, Benny, you know, says that uh, is he the dreamer or the dream? Yeah, and he is saying that about us because we are watching Deep Space Nine. <laughs> we are we are also dreaming of that, you know, fake reality to you know that is better than our own reality. And so it includes absolutely everyone in the ensemble, including the audience. Rest easy, Brother Benny. You have walked in the path of the prophets. There is no greater glory. Tell me, please, who am I? Don't you know? Tell me. You are the dreamer. And the dream. So absolutely beautiful pick. Yeah, that ambiguous ending is uh, just adds to the level of masterpiece that this is. Simon, what's your take? Oh, this is an absolutely uh, wonderful episode. I completely agree with what you've what you've both said about it. It's uh, yeah, seeing all the all the cast out of makeup playing completely different characters, uh, doing different things that you wouldn't you wouldn't normally see, and it just a great way to to explore issue the issue of racism really um uh so yeah brilliant pick yeah powerful stuff i love it okay round two annika what do you got okay let's go steal a hologram hashtag kept my cards close to my foolproof best bada bing bada bang deep space nine (laughs) season seven so i uh stole from leverage there in my in my five words because this is a heist yes, and yeah. a heist is a quintessential ensemble plot because you have to build the team and each person has their own part of the engagement and so everyone everyone has to work together in order for it to work and they you know it has all of the the typical heist parts where they explain everything that they're going to do. And then when they start doing it, everything goes wrong and they have to think on their feet and work together in the moment as well as beforehand. And it's again with the comparatively low stakes, but um, interesting commentary regarding both identity and um, the history of racism and storytelling so it's like this sort of light and fluffy episode, but if you think about it, it starts to become sort of, you know, deeper and, and is, is telling you something and teaching you something, which I think is what Star Trek is about. And there, this was the first episode I thought of when right. I heard yeah, the topics, <laughs> because it's such an ensemble piece where everybody is, you know, has their own part to play and they have the the two shots, the one where they're walking down the promenade all together in their, in their costumes. And then the end when it does like the pan of the bar and it shows everybody, it's literally highlighting the ensemble in with even the camera work. So I, it was just like that. I knew that that had to be on my list. 
Yeah, it's incredible. It's the first one I thought of too. I didn't pick it. I try not to pick whenever I ask the question for the next episode in the, in the, at the end of the previous episode, if somebody picks that one, I try not to pick it. I, I don't always do that, but on this one, I decided, okay, I'm going to put that one in the back pocket as a secondary system. Cause this is the first one I thought of. It's, it is masterpiece ensemble. It's so much fun. That's just the key, right? Of this episode is just fun. Like forget everything else. It's fun. And even in the midst of all that, like you just said, Annika, that's great. That great moment with Cisco addressing the the issues that he has with the program and that time era is really, really well done. And I mean, the way they integrated those thoughts and his narrative and his viewpoint into it was so well done. Just mm-hmm. this is why Deep Space Nine is the greatest. Simon, what's your take on Bada Bing, Bada Bang? Uh, yeah, another one that was on my secondary system. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the first uh, Deep Space Nine episodes, I thought, that was all oh, ensemble. Uh, the whole crew getting involved in this heist. Um, so, yeah, uh, great pick. I'm trying to think now. What what was Jake doing? He was just hanging out with Cork, right? He wasn't part of the... Yeah, the, the they, not everybody they, got to be in the they were They were they were the kind of the chorus observing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love it. Round... To Simon, what's your pick? Uh, movie like Feel introduces season. Hashtag Hello Wharf. I'm going with Way of the Warrior from Deep oh Space Nine. Of course. How did I not think of this? Nice. How did I not think of this? Brilliant. So good. Yeah, Deep Space Nine, I think, does ensemble episodes very well. There's quite a lot yeah. quite a lot of them that I could have picked. Uh, but this one, I thought the start of the season four, it has that movie-like feel. We've got all the different characters getting involved i know there's a lot of uh concentration on introducing wharf but it everyone else is is heavily featured in this episode um and so i thought it was a great one to pick it's commander k-box why did he give it to me he's letting you know k-box dead martok probably had him executed for disobeying orders which means our next confrontation with the klingons won't be resolved so easily any suggestions, old man? The longer the Klingons are here, the worse things are going to get. Whatever you decide to do, you'd better do it soon. Curzon told me once that in the long run, the only people who can really handle the Klingons are Klingons. This is kind of a no-brainer. And plus that, just the fact that it's movie length gives everybody so much more time. And we haven't had a movie yet, which is... Uh, Definitely part of my consideration. This is all-time classic introduction of Worf, introduction of uh, the Klingons as the the new foil. Just absolutely fantastic. Now what? Well, I can't be sure, of course, but my guess would be Klingons. The Klingons! First it was the Cardassians. Then it was the Dominion. Now it's the Klingons. How's a Ferengi supposed to make an honest living in a place like this? Annika, what's your thing? Uh, this was on my secondary systems. I, I think that it's a is an excellent pick. I love that it is an introduction to, or I guess reintroduction to Worf. Right. But everybody is involved, and and again we get like those those little glimpses of everybody working together, and I, yeah, absolutely, this is a, a perfect pick. And and I completely agree that Deep Space Nine is really good at 
making ensemble pieces and including like there's there are so many characters on Deep Space Nine. There there's the the giant cast and then there's like the secondary cast and yet I can think of uh, you know episodes for every single one of them. There's you know everybody yeah. gets to be highlighted at a certain point, so they really do well at spreading the love. Yeah, there's really no debate that if you're talking about the series that hit on the ensemble definition more than any other was obviously Deep Space Nine, and that's part of the way the show was designed. So brilliant! I, I I'm glad you had a secondary assessment. I can't believe I didn't think of this one. So awesome job, Simon! Love it. Okay, let's close out round two with my pick. Five words and a hashtag. Who said he was alone? Hashtag a prodigy in the making. And this is Prodigy Season 1, Episode 9 and 10, A Moral Star, the two-parter that kind of close out that first half season of the first season of Prodigy. I freaking love this episode. I think it's super underrated, not just for Prodigy, but for Star Trek. It has everything, and all of the main cast are playing big parts in kind of this super cool Gambit team-up that they have. So in part one, I love the double switch that Dal and the gang are up to when they kind of work uh, work a deal with the with the diviner, and you're just like, no, what are they doing? Why are they trusting this guy who is just an unredeemable piece of shit? I will not apologize. I hate that guy, but I love the moment when they flip it and you realize that the they stole the protocol and it's inside Murph. I mean, that is such good stuff. It is such. <laughs> smart storytelling and then in part two you get all these amazing scenes with the reveal of the Vaunacott and you get some more Dal heroics and my my main reason for picking it is this this great ensemble moment at the end when Zero screams which was my five words in the hashtag who said he was alone when uh when the diviner uh, says alone, Dao is no match for us. And then he reveals his true Medusa nature and he takes down the diviner. And, and then from that moment, you get all these additional setups with, you know, zero full of self-doubt moving forward in the season. Cause he inadvertently injures Gwen and he has all this self-reflection about the choice he made to, to try and, you know, to reveal himself and take down the diviner, and then you get the fact that Gwen can't remember the important information that we get revealed in this episode about the protostar destroying the Federation if they make contact. And if that wasn't enough, it ends with the mm-hmm. ultimate ensemble moment. The actual Janeway appears, and she's coming for Chakotay. I freaking love these episodes. They're just so, so good. A moral star is fantastic. Star Trek. Monica, what's your take? When you said, uh, who said he's alone, I legitimately started tearing up. Yeah, it's so <laughs> that good. That moment is so good. God, I love so I, The I mean, payoff for these episodes is incredible. I, it's a beautiful send-off uh, for that, that first part of Prodigy and setting up the next part. You would help the inferior before your own people. <laughs> He alone is no match against the Varnakot. Who said he was alone? I will not let you hurt my friends. Zero. You used me to hurt others. 
It's time I show you who I truly am! So you cannot hurt anyone else! A prodigy, like, theirs, so I have no complaints about prodigy ever, is so beautiful and so well crafted. And it, it, it's, this is a great take. And again, I, I'm literally crying over here. It really, it really is. <laughs> that whole, that 20 episodes is so well crafted. I cannot wait for season two. Uh, Simon, what's your take on a moral star? Did you, have uh, you did you rewatch this one recently? Yeah, I guess you did. Not not recently, but I remember that this one was at the end of the first half, and there was a, a giant wait for the second right. half of the series. Right. It was so frustrating because it it's so <laughs> you. I really started to get into it at kind of this point in yeah. in in the in the run, and so yeah, a great episode. I hear you with the frustrating, but I remember it as being. I was so satisfied after these two episodes there, and, and I knew there were that obviously the cliffhangers and all the different things they set up. Yeah, but I was so satisfied. Like, wow, this is like legitimate Star Trek. It's not even a question. I mean, it never really was with the show, but at that point, you'd just be an idiot if you were trying to argue that it wasn't Star Trek in some way or shape or form. Okay. Begin round one. Round one. Let's do this. Annika, what is your number one pick? Okay, so I'm going out on a limb here because you said that Discovery doesn't have ensembles. Oh, I love that. Well, I said about TOS too. And then Simon went trouble troubles. I'm like, oh, of course. And what I meant by that mostly was that they weren't designed to be ensemble shows. So that, so when people criticize, like, I hate when people criticize Discovery because they don't, oh, the bridge crew, not enough. Not it, it wasn't designed. The fact they even have the bridge crew identified is huge. It wasn't designed that way. It's not to show. Yes. Anyway, I love that you're picking Discovery. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. So uh five words and a hashtag. Ensembles everywhere all at once. Hashtag oh, next oh. chapter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I I chose uh season four, episode four, all is possible, which yeah, I have notes. So <laughs> Yes. <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> there are three plots, you know, simultaneously going on on this uh on this episode, and they are all about building a team, building an ensemble, or really rebuilding it after horrible things have happened. So there's Nivar, which uh is the Vulcan and Romulan unified planet which is, you know, so that's already an ensemble, <laughs> is rejoining the Federation um, after they left during the whole burn situation. Yep, yep. Um, so the Federation, obviously, the, it is the United Federation of Planets, which is about as big an ensemble as you can get. And so they are recreating that, uh, the, you know, they're, and it is built on the past, the, the original United Federation of Planets that was, put together by four planets and then built out. Um, but they're looking towards the future. And uh, they have to convince President Rillick to come to the, the negotiating table. But basically, Tarina and Rillick are both, you know, set in their ways and, and refusing to compromise. And Burnham and Saru have to get them to come together. And they do it by reminding Rillick that she is an ensemble of different cultures because she is Bajoran, Cardassian, and human. Yeah, I like that. And then the the other plot, the the second plot is 
Tilly and Adira are taking a bunch of cadets from the newly reformed Starfleet Academy or the to be reformed Starfleet Academy because it's still in its infancy. And uh, and it's a bunch of, you know, these are like completely new characters other than Tilly and Adira. And yet we see them team building. We have to like learning who they are, where their place is on the team and how they can work together all within the same like 47 minutes of the episode. Um, and it is, it is again, literally building a team, both building the new academy and building a team of these five individuals. And they have to work together to get off of their planet because they lose contact. Of course, everything always goes bad. They <laughs> crash a shuttle and they have to get off of it and, and get back to uh, Starfleet. And then finally, there is a book and Culber basically uh, going through and mourning his planet, which has been completely destroyed. So they are mourning an entire planet of people, a whole group. Uh, you know, that's an ensemble. And they're doing it with by mixing together human hues, culture, and right. his memorial traditions with books and his alien, you know, to us, cultural traditions, and talking about how it'll never be the same, but you have to rebuild anyway. Oh, and there's also, uh, in the in the fourth season, uh, Michael Burnham and, and Saru are both captains, and oh, so right. yeah. they're it's like double captains <laughs> working together. Um, so that's like the core of a fleet. You know, the, you know, you have even though they're on the same ship, they are also representative of more. Um, and you know, with along with Admiral Brantz and along with all of the other people who are coming together, and so. I just think that there are like these different little layers of pocket ensembles that are all working together. And I'll just end with Gray has this amazing point where Adira is like, you won't know anybody when you go on there. Why do you want to hang out with these people? Because you don't know anybody. Um, and, you know, I think from their perspective, Adira is like, I don't know anybody, so I don't want to be doing this. But Gray says, well, I'll walk into a room and I'll introduce myself and then I'll know someone. And I just think that that is how you that is how you build friendship. That is how you build relationships. And that's how you build a team and how you build an ensemble. So it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a strange it's sort of on the on the, the sly pick. But I think that it's actually sort of like this valentine to the idea of building teams my god it's so good i mean i love a deep cut outside the box pick on trek ranks and that is what <laughs> this is I and mean, when i think about this episode i think about the the stuff with book morning quajon which i think is really effective and then uh the, this is really where you get saru and tarina connecting at that next level right we're now uh Everyone's clamoring for them to be together <laughs> as this episode unfolds. And yeah, and then you've got, you know, well, what's what we see here with the Academy and the rebuild and Tilly and COVID and the and the cadets where, you know, that's probably at some level gonna play into what we're gonna see in the right in the new series. I mean it's, it's I mean, it may not be the a foundation of it, but it's definitely gonna connect to it, you know. That's what my hashtag means, next chapter. Oh, there you and, go. Uh, Thank and, you. you know, everyone <laughs> online so 
is saying, you know, who is the Starfleet Academy series even for? I would like to say me. Yeah, <laughs> it well is for done. me. It's, a, it's every Star Trek series is for me. <laughs> so that is perfect. I love it. Uh, incredible. Really awesome. Deep cut, connective ensemble pick. Simon, what's your take on All Is Possible? Season four of Discovery. Yeah, yeah, great a great pick. I really like the uh, um, Tilly with the cadets and getting them to connect with each other stuff that I remember that being really good. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I remember the only thing I didn't like about this episode is that Tilly left after this episode. That that gutted me because they never like they never announced it publicly or anything. And I was just like, what? She's gone. Tilly's mm-hmm. no, gone? Oh, she, she'll be back in season five though. So we know that. Exciting. Oh, and she was back at the end of season four, too. So So I was crying about nothing. Anyway, let's go to round. uh, Let's go to Simon's number one pick. What do you got? Uh, Seven friends sat on a bridge. Hashtag eight, if you count the Enterprise. I'm going with Picard, The Last Generation. So good. This was definitely (laughs) on my secondary system. Me too. I want. I wanted to pick the entirety of season three of right. Picard because it has such an ensemble feel. Yeah, uh, all all of the all of the seven characters uh, from TNG got so much to do. I think pro- Doctor Crusher probably got the best scenes ever uh, in in yep. Picard, and mm-hmm. Riker and Picard's friendship was get gets explored, but. Um, for this pick, I just wanted to go with those seven friends uh, of ours just sat on the bridge again, sat on the bridge of the Enterprise D, uh, a place where just is another, it feels like another home to us. We've watched it so, so, so many times over the years. So, uh, yeah, it's powerful. Plus, the recreation of the poker scene from All Good Things to right. end yep. the series. Oh, perfect ensemble in, mm-hmm. in my mind um so this had to be my uh my number one because it just ah oh, amazing and beyond the, those emotions and that just being together again it's they all i mean everybody's got something super important to do and contribute all the way across the board and you got seven and uh shaw well i guess he was already yeah. dead i guess he was dead by this episode but <laughs> <laughs> sorry shaw oh no he shows up and promotes uh he promotes annika at the end of uh he promotes okay. seven at the end of the episode and two is there too oh my god that's <laughs> uh, so good i i love it i definitely considered this i also considered the bounty from picard I, I, because i love that was another one where it's just like there's three or four different little story beats happening and all the characters had big, mm-hmm. big stuff to do. Uh, Annika, what's your take on the last generation, the finale of Star Trek Picard? Yep. It's on my secondary systems. It was on my short list. I love, I love all of Picard, even yeah. the terrible parts. Um, and <laughs> the, it was a beautiful send off. Um, what I, this particular episode, I really love the juxtaposition of the empty Borg cube (laughs) that, that it's just, it's not how you think of the Borg and the idea that you can find that connection and that collective with just your friends and family. And, and that is, you know, how you win. That's how they win (laughs) is because they, they remind Jack that, 
he already has that. And they were by doing that, Picard is reminded he that he already had that and he he always did. And I just think that's a beautiful message. So I I love all of the beats. Like everybody gets to do something, everybody gets to do something important. And then it's, you know, silly little humorous parts too. And it has like seven endings to make sure that everybody gets a good ending. So it's a great pick. Um, it was, yeah, it's, it's a really good fun send off to those characters. Yeah, it is. That is an awesome pick. Definitely was uh, narrowly missed on, on my list. Okay, let's close it out with my round one pick. And yeah, I didn't realize until after I made this pick, but the title of this episode is actually just perfect title, Screaming Ensemble. I love this pick. So here we go. Five words and a hashtag. How does Mike McMahon do it? Hashtag a true crew ensemble. And this is Lower Deck Season 1's finale, No Small Parts, which is the perfect ensemble Aww. terminology. No Small Parts. I I could have picked First First Contact, too. I, I ultimately went with this one because I, I, I love how this kind of sets the trend for Lower Deck's for their how they close out all the seasons with these incredible ensemble episodes that that you know include all of the series regulars and important kind of weighty things that they're doing but it also feels like an ensemble for the season because the episodes have these real distinct and kind of important connections to each of the episodes that came prior in the season it's it's amazing how they do it i'm telling you Rewatch like this one, you will see little callbacks to all nine episodes from the the season one prior to this uh, dropping, and I just love that. I, I'm not going to list them all here, but and then there's the the other thing too. This was the episode that really, really entrenched in my mind that Lower Decks is not just a you know kind of a niche comedy or animated series. This is like a real Star Trek show with dense layered episodes that just feel like star trek in whatever format and you know there was a few episodes prior to this that felt like that too but this one just kind of hits you over the head with like you are watching a pure star trek episode at every level and the last thing i'll say there's this amazing scene because i've had this on my list for a while to, to pick i rewatched it right before this i couldn't believe it there's a, all eight characters are in it at the same time where freeman is wounded and they get her into the sick bay and you've got Mariner, Boimler, Tendi, Rutherford, Dr. Tiana, and Shax are all there. Fucking peanut hampers there too, so forgive me. And then, <laughs> and then Ransom is outside sickbay fighting off the packlets. And it's so ensemble and I just made I just love it even more. And then at the end, Riker shows up. The Riker and Troy show up. I mean, this episode, incredible. Mike McMahon wrote this one. I love it. It's uh it's 28 minutes long. It's the third longest episode of uh of lower decks so i just ah i love it annika what's your take i i love it that's a great a great tribute to ensembles <laughs> i love that the title is that's like a perfect, perfect a perfect ending to this list yeah and yeah the lower decks crew um again they are really good at doing ensembles on lower decks <laughs> um really because are. there's like the core four and then there's the bridge crew and then there's the 
like third layer of people on the Cerritos. And then there's, like you said, Riker and Troy come in and there's like all of these, you know, we've had, we've seen Tom Paris and we've seen like, they bring people on and, and Kira. And so it's like this great, I, you know, again, a Valentine to Star Trek and, I, I mean, Captain Freeman has dethroned Janeway as my favorite captain. <laughs> so <laughs> I hear that. She's it's terrible. just uh, such a wonderful series. And I agree that like this was, it was like they planted their flag and said, we are <laughs> Star Trek, take us seriously, uh, but not too seriously because you're supposed to laugh. That is the perfect summation is exactly what this episode does. It plants that flag. Simon, what's your take on no small parts? Uh, yeah, Lower Decks just does these kind of episodes so well. And yeah, and Riker and Troy showing up is like the icing on the cake on this one. Yeah, brilliant yeah. episode. I mean, you literally could pick half a, I mean, a half a dozen, a dozen, you could probably half the episodes of Lower Decks would fit ensemble so well, which is just blows me away that they not only fit in the four you know, Lower Decks uh, leads, but then also Tiana, Shax, everybody else. How Badgie was in this, too. I forgot. Badgie shows up at the end. Incredible. Let's see what you can do with the secondary system. Okay. Amazing. Let's do some secondary systems picks. Annika, what just missed your list? Uh, so I'm going to say The Voyage Home. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Star sure. Trek Four. I, I I'm surprised that nobody picked it. I was Me like, too. someone I, I else will like, get that. A, I won't. I won't worry about it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's a little too obvious. I'm not going to pick it, but I I think also somebody picked it on the last week when I asked the question. So I'm glad. Uh, all right, Voyage Home is. A, I mean, clearly one of the great ensembles. <laughs> um, and then I so we we mentioned uh, Last Generation, we mentioned Disaster, we mentioned Way of the Warrior. So the only other one I have is. Subspace Rhapsody. Yes, um, that's the one. Strange I, New Worlds. <laughs> because yeah. it, I mean, they're literally an ensemble. They're, yep. they're singing. Uh, so I, you know, a musical. You get cast in the ensemble if you're in the chorus. You know, so the this and it ends with everyone coming together and you, and they have to sing together in order to to beat the, the game. So I, I think that that is obviously a, an ensemble piece. And uh, and so, yeah. That was Subspace Rhapsody is my toughest cut. I If I could do it all over again, I would probably include it now. Knowing nobody else picked it, it's uh, incredible. And as ensemble as it gets for Trek. Uh, Simon, what just missed your list? Uh, bada bing, bada bang, we've mentioned. Star Trek yep. 4, we've mentioned. Uh, first TNG film First Contact. I thought that was quite ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Subspace Rhapsody. We've mentioned we mentioned Workforce. All the pilot episodes of the various series. Oh yeah, be, of course. So ensemble because yeah. they they're introducing all the characters. Um, <laughs> uh, Duh. Deep Space Nine. Sacrifice of Angels. Um, take me out to the Hollow Suites. Uh, what you leave behind as well. Yeah. The, the, even with the uh, background behind the scenes people in Vic's bar. So even more ensemble on that right. one. <laughs> yeah, actually I should have just ruled out all the premiere episodes and season and series finale episodes. <laughs> so although you picked a series finale. So yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, brilliant. I, I have the the of course the pilots are gonna have except for uh the Vulcan Hello, which <laughs> which was like the pre-sub pilot before <laughs> context is for Kings. Okay, I had a few more that didn't get mentioned. I 
Depth, I really, the one I wanted to pick was One Little Ship, right? Because I just love the ensemble nature of that, but there's not enough Odo or uh, Jake in that one, so I pushed it aside. And then same for Time Zero, it's another one I thought about, because mm. they really are full ensemble, except Worf's not really there until the till the end, but he does get some good stuff at the end. So so I passed on those two. And then my special shout-out, I this is another one I really wanted to pick. I thought it was on my list for a while, I finally ruled it out because Uhura and Sulu really don't have as much to do as everybody else. But Star Trek Beyond, for me, was a really good ensemble because I love uh, Spock and McCoy doing their thing. And I love the pairing of Kirk and Chekhov in, uh, in this episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that one was on the list, but I, I just couldn't make it because I really wanted to have every character heavily involved. So that is incredible amazing amazing topic but let's let's get into our regeneration cycle now and go through some stats i got some cool ones and then we'll recap our picks computer activate regeneration cycle alcoves beta and gamma okay annika recap your top five ensemble episodes all right number five the killing game from voyager number four time amok from prodigy number three i excretus from lower decks Number two, Bada Bing, Bada Bang from Deep Space Nine. And number one, All is Possible from Discovery. I love it. So you had five different incarnations, including three from the new era. So (laughs) Discovery, Prodigy, and Lower Decks. Fantastic. Simon, uh, recap yours. Five, The Trouble with Triples from TOS. Four, Disaster, TNG. Uh, Three, The Killing Game, Voyager. Two, Way of the Warrior, Deep Space Nine. And number one, The Last Generation from Star Trek Picard. All right. You also had five different incarnations with TOS, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Picard. Although of of all the Picard picks, that one's (laughs) very (laughs) TNG. So, uh, okay. And then my five, number five was Peak Performance from TNG. My number four pick was Voyager's Workforce. Number three, Far Beyond the Stars from Deep Space Nine. Number two, from Prodigy, A Moral Star, Parts One and Two. And then the Lower Decks uh, Season One finale was my number one pick. No small part. So I had also had five spread around. So we really did a good job there. TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Prodigy, and Lower Decks. Okay, so a couple of statistics. So there's no movies picked. That is kind of surprising. I figured someone would have a movie. But, you know, sometimes in the movies, the ensemble nature of it feels a little tacked on. Like, well, we got to find something for this character to do as well. But The Voyage Home is definitely the best of, of those. Okay, so we had one, only one duplicate, The Killing Game. But we also had four episodes that were duplicates because each of those episodes, everybody was playing doubles or duplicates <laughs> at some level. So we had uh, uh, the killing game twice and then far beyond the stars and workforce. And then we had two holodeck episodes. I'm counting uh, bada bing, bada bang. And mm-hmm. I excrete this. I'm counting as a holodeck episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cause it pretty much was. Okay, so the breakdown is amazing. We really spread it around. We had, uh, see, eight different incarnations of Trek that were picked. This is amazing. So one each from TOS, Discovery, and Picard. There were zero from Enterprise, by the way, which was uh, one of the ones I listed. And then 
two each from TNG, Lower Decks, and Prodigy. So Lower Decks and Prodigy each had two, which is awesome. And then leading the way with three apiece was Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Mm-hmm. So, man, we really, it was really level and uh, spread around. I love it. Amazing, amazing choices. All right. But now we're going to initiate a temporal inversion because it's time to hear from you. Initiate temporal inversion. Initiating. And for this week's temporal inversion, we're going all the way back to episode 161 and catching up on some of our previous feedback from listeners that episode was one of our classic abstract topics and we got so much feedback on this one it was including a couple of voicemails that we actually played so but we're finally catching up on some of the lists submitted on twitter so that was our abstract tease and i'm going to run through a couple of lists here one from at ct trekkie the punisher (laughs) paul edinger has been on the show a couple of times and his abstract tea list, I love this. Number five was Tane, uh, obviously an Auburn Tane, uh, who he <laughs> loves as a character. Number four, Tau Celeste. I think I might have had her on my secondary system, but I love her from Voyager, the Bajoran, uh, who was in a, two or three episodes. Number three was two, T-W-O. Uh, season two of TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise are, in his opinion, much stronger than they're given credit for. I love that. That is abstract. Number two is Trip and T'Pol, which is an awesome pick, one of the best ships in Trek. And number one, his favorite Trek species, the Tholians. He wants more of the Tholians. I love that list. Fantastic. I love the abstract topics. Need to do another one. <laughs> Uh, okay, and this one is from a friend Chris at Shelf Nerds, host of the First Flight podcast. He had his number five was Triolic Waves. I just mentioned Time's Arrow, so that's good timing. Triolic Waves distort space time continuum, hashtag Ophidians and Orifices from Time's Arrow. That is fantastic. Number four, he's got Trellium D is his choice. Trudging through sludge for Trellium D. Hashtag insulating synapse degrading. <laughs> Fantastic. That's from the Zindi and Enterprise. Number three, he's got, I think it's Tricesium. I can't remember. It's it's a it's from it's Tricesium casing from the void in Voyager. Salvaged in the Tricesium case. Hashtag a helpful musical race. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. Why why do I not remember that one? That is a deep cut, my man. Okay, number two, Triox, bless, out of breath, hashtag Lisa saved them. It's the Triox compound from the sound of her voice in Deep Space Nine. And number one, he's got time crystal. His five words, timely touch teaches tough truths, hashtag strength or mercy. And it's a quality of mercy in the time crystal. Oh, my God. So good. I love those lists. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. All right. Once again, those picks more than enough to clear ourselves from this week's temporal inversion. So, as always, I want to thank everyone for all your great responses to the Trek Ranks podcast. Keep your list coming to me at Trek Ranks on Twitter so we can retweet them. But we also want to hear from you. So, put together your own list of top five ensemble episodes or a list from any of our past shows. Give us a call at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. Or you can just record it yourself and then send me a DM. We can connect that way, too. So hopefully we are out of voicemails. So I need some some new voicemails, people. We've uh, been pretty consistently putting them on the show. So send us a list if you got one. 
So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are doing a fun one. I love this topic. It's the top five episodes you want to watch again for the first time. So we have, we all have those favorite episodes that we've (laughs) watched over and over again. And we would love to kind of recapture that first time feeling for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's because we watched it too many times, you know, or maybe it's because it surprised you in a way that you just couldn't maintain that surprise on rewatches. But let me be clear. We're also going to do in the future, but also let me be clear. I, this topic, the top five episodes you want to watch again for the first time is not the same as the top five episodes that when you watch it, it always feels like the first time because we're going to do that topic too at some point. <laughs> so, so that's very different. This is the top five episodes you want to watch again for the first time and have that feeling again, like you're watching it for the first time. Okay. So now I got all that out to explain it. Annika and Simon, if you had to choose one episode you want to watch again for the first time, what would it be? Annika? This is hard. I'm going to say... Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Oh my God. That is so, can you imagine? <laughs> I think that, that, you know, to get, to get that catharsis. That would be such <laughs> that a emotional. Moment. Yeah, exactly. And the whole, all the Spock stuff. Yeah. That is a really good pick. I mean, to watch that again for the first time and go through this, the Spock emotion. Oh, oh, incredible. Simon, this is going to be a great topic. I can't wait. Simon. One episode you want to watch again for the first time. Oh, this is difficult being put on the spot like this. Um, <laughs> no I was I was going to go with uh, Star Trek 2009. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that fresh new look right. at Star Trek that that film introduced. And I just going into that with without the, the knowledge that we've got now. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. Think. How exciting was that walking out of the theater that first time with 2009? Wow. They did that. That's yeah, new and fresh. I, I love it. Those two picks are amazing. I've got so many ideas. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Channel closed. Reset. Subspace communications. Scrambler code Riker 1. Okay. Scrambler code Riker 1 acknowledged. Let's close this episode out with a huge thanks to Annika Dane and Simon Foster. It was awesome having you guys both on the show for the first time. So any final trick, scrambler codes, either one you want to relay before we depart, Annika. All right. I have a Star Trek podcast that is currently on hiatus, but will be starting back up in the new year. Um, It is Antimatter Pod, and you can find us at antimatterpod.com or any podcaster. Fantastic. What's your your guys' uh, topic theme slash... So it's uh, it is a Star Trek podcast discussing fashion, feminism, subtext, and subspace. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Uh, okay, and it's starting up again in the new year. Love it. That's right. <laughs> okay, Simon, uh, thanks for coming on, man. It's great to finally talk to you. Uh, yeah, I've had a blast talking Trek with you uh, tonight. It's been really good fun. Um, yeah, uh, if if anyone wants to reach out, I'm at Funky seventeen oh one on. Twitter, Blue Sky, uh, Mastodon, and other socials as well. 
I love it. Funky sigh. I forgot to say that through the whole broadcast, the whole podcast. I blew it. Well, maybe I'll see you again in 10 years at another trivia contest in uh, Birmingham. So, okay. Thank you, everyone, for engaging with us here on episode 174 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. All of them about my father, and he couldn't understand why I wasn't insulted. Finally, I just had to tell him I'm Norvalin. I don't have a father. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that funny, too, (laughs) bud. On the contrary, the man was ignorant of how your species procreates. (laughs) His attempt to disparage you ultimately humiliated him. (laughs) Irony is often a source of humor. Yes, well, when you explain it like that, not funny at all. I also have some humorous anecdotes to share. Just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. Consider what you do here, Galron. Kalos himself said, destroying an empire to win a war is no victory. And ending a battle to save an empire is no defeat. We can still win! Not before those starships get here. Now what do you want me to tell them? To stand down or to come in firing? It is we who shall stand down. Enough. Cease fire. Order our ships in Cardassian territory to halt their advance. I do not intend to hand victory to the Dominion. But let your people know. The Klingon Empire will remember what has happened here. You have sided against us in battle. And this, we do not forgive. Or forget. <laughs> <laughs>